Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don Mazzella, and I am your host for a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas or suggestions. So follow us on Twitter at hashtag 2SBDigest or at our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. Tonight, today's program starts off with, with a very unusual guest. You know, we talk a lot about the Internet today, but, uh, and we sometimes forget the physical space we operate in. That's why we invited Elizabeth Dukes, co-founder of iOffice, to come join us today. She has a new book. Uh, I love the title, by the way, Wide Open <laughs> Workspaces. Uh, and we welcome Elizabeth to the show today. And, and as we ask all our guests always, tell us a little bit about yourself personally before we ever go into anything else. Well, great. Well, thank you, Don. I'm, I'm honored to be a guest on the program. I am, I'm a, a Texas-based girl. I've been working in the what we call the facility management industry for about 25 years with my partner, Don Trawick, who also co-authored the book. Um, on a personal level, I have two daughters, and I love to be outside and, and, join, and enjoy wide-open workspaces or workspaces, open spaces in general. I love to hike and take photographs. And I have been in this industry for a long time, and we kind of developed into our role today providing facility management solutions over the Internet uh, because we were in large corporations managing all of their back office operations. So that evolved, and we recognized there was an opportunity there to bring technology to an environment that was managed in an old-fashioned, traditional way with Excel spreadsheets, emails, voicemails. So we leveraged our business process uh, expertise and at the time the Internet, which was a new new technology to develop the, the portal application that we manage and deliver to clients today. Well, uh, our audience is small business. And oftentimes, uh, they, they, the small businesses make choices based on really cost rather than anything else. What are the key elements, first, in, in developing um, the space and all of the accoutrements around it? What do you consider the more important elements? Well, I think in, in terms of, I, I think that one of the most important things to consider today is the workspace. I think before people were just happy if they had lights on, um, you know, either AC or cooling and a place to sit. And I think the workspace and how it impacts the workforce, how it impacts productivity of the organization, and how it impacts the bottom line is totally radically different. So I think small businesses, and I'm a small business too, we have to think about our work environment in order to attract knowledge workers and talent to our organizations. Younger folks, the newer generation, want access to technology and mobility and flexibility in their, in their work lifestyle. So when, when offering up space, you need to think about it in terms of it. you don't have to go out and spend a bunch of money, but you need to offer an environment that is flexible and satisfies a, a range of work styles, you know, head-down type of work, collaborative type work, um, so you need to be able to offer that. And I think that's a, the number one thing is our message, uh, about our message is that you need to really embrace the work 
space because it does impact your ability to be productive and innovative and ultimately profitable. Well, uh, can I throw a curve question at you because I heard that you've been in the business a long time. What, what have you seen are the d differences in workspaces over your long career? <clears throat> well, when I started work, um, we had high cube walls, you had closed offices, um, you you didn't uh, interact with people other than for other than at assigned meetings uh, or during lunch breaks. Um, people had dedicated spots that they had to, to, to go to every day. Um, and since that time, and I worked in that type of environment for years, but since that time, we've, we've evolved. I, I see a lot more um, open, literally open spaces, low cube walls. Um, but then it's migrated from that also to include more collaborative spaces. So not only are they meeting rooms, um, but they have um, uh, quiet rooms where individuals can go by themselves or they have more fun-type spaces where you might have uh, uh, access to video games or TV or, you know, ping pong. So organizations now are trying to create an environment because workers are there longer. Uh, they're expected to perform to their maximum potential when they're in the office. So they want to create environments that allow them to be most productive independently, allow them to engage the workforce, uh, their coworkers, um, in a more serendipitous type of engagement, uh, which you know ultimately creates new ideas and concepts for the benefit of the organization. Um, <clears throat> and then they want them to have fun and engage and socialize. So I think that's the biggest difference. When I started work, which was many, many years ago, um, uh, you know, the, we, we had a whole different mindset. That people wanted to make sure you were at your desk uh, from, five, from 9 in the morning to 5 at night, and they didn't really want you wandering around. Uh, it, it's changed considerably. Uh, yes. Well, how do people work with, you, with your company? I mean, uh, do they, you, you have an Internet based company how do they how do they work with you well it's an, an interesting because um, you know we are a web-based tool so we do a lot of our communications and networking with our customers virtually uh, so we we connect with them via the internet um, we we set up web demonstrations online um, and we can completely implement the solution for a customer virtually so we don't have to ever get face-to-face -face with those people. Um, but uh, so they can engage us completely um, from their location in a different city, a different state, and can manage and operate um, um, independently from ever seeing us. But as, as time goes on, one of the things that we do recognize is that and I think that's one of the important things for all organizations to embrace. You know, people will talk about letting people work from home and from the Starbucks um, and not have to come into the office. I think organizations need to continue to encourage people to come into the centralized workplace by creating these unique environments because engaging people face-to-face, -face, personally, um, or, or even through virtual mechanisms I still think is incredibly important. Um, you still have to talk to people. You still have to, to collaborate. You still have to communicate and engage one another. But we do a lot of that uh, over the web. And fortunately, technology has allowed us to do that pretty seamlessly. Um, you know, we can FaceTime. We can log in and see what's going on um, through the portal and see what's happening in their environment. So we can work pretty collaboratively online. So it's a combination. Well, you know, it kind of scares me. I'm a people person. My company is, is totally virtu virtual. Uh, I'm here in New Jersey. My webmaster is in, in Rhode Island. The, bo the box is in, uh, in Long Island. Uh, the editor is in St. Paul. I mean, we're all over the place. Uh, and the, the one thing that we always suffer from is the loneliness of being alone. And uh, 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 being in a, a nice environment, I think, together, uh, makes sense. 
But if I came to you as a, if we decided to pull everything together, and if I came to you, what are the questions you would ask me that, uh, to help you build the space we need? Um, well, we would want to understand your, your business. And we wouldn't really help you design the space. We would really help you manage whatever office space environment worked for your organization. So you would have to understand what type of business you have. I mean, are there times where people need to be head down, private, quiet? What type of technology do they need? How much meeting space do we have? Do we have customers coming in? Do we have confidential issues to consider, security, privacy concerns? So you have to weigh all of those dynamics, and then you have to understand how your particular workforce um, um, meets those various um, needs, like how many people. And so what our software does is allow you to visualize your floor plans online, understand the different types of spaces that you have, and then track how much you're using those spaces, what assets are, tr are tied to those spaces, what people are checking in and checking out, so you can say after a certain amount of time, how are we using this space? So we're, everybody's using the head down space, um, but nobody's using the, the meeting room. So maybe we need to change our, our workspace dynamics because the demand for one type of space is different from the other. So it, uh, the tool allows you to understand how space is actually being used, what services are needed by the workforce, what assets are needed, so that those managing that organization can ensure that they have all that in place and it's being used to the maximum potential so you're being cost effective in managing the workspace. What do you mean by assets? Desks? Um, I mean, it could be a desk, it could be a printer, it could be um, you know where your fire extinguishers are, it could be your, your uh, appliances, uh, the office kitchen appliances, it could be an, an HVAC system if you own the building. So it's really understanding those assets and making sure that they're being used and, and tracked and um, you're, you're tracking the valuable life of that asset, you know who it's assigned to, et cetera. Uh, a friend of mine uh, works for a very large corporation. He doesn't even have, even have a desk anymore. He works <laughs> part-time part from home, and then if he goes into the office, he has to sign in and find the desk for himself. Yes, we have a few, very few customer, a few customers that have that same sort of um, type of guiding principle. I have a customer that 50%, if you're out of your desk 50% of the time or more, then your office is assigned to the general population to check in and check out. Uh, there's another customer, um, and actually they're called Saber, and they adopted this thing called flex space. And when you come to work every day, you pick a new spot to sit in, but you have a rolling file cabinet that's dedicated to you that has all of your personal, professional items in this cabinet, and you just unlock it and you roll it to whatever team you're working with or desk you're working at for the day. Uh, I don't think I could... Uh uh, I, I don't think I could live in that sort of environment. Uh, well, you know what, Don? I think um, I understand. I need my own desk, too. I think that is part of the challenge today is that the generational shift, these younger younger folks are, are very adaptable. They can work from anywhere. They can get any piece of information they want from their phone. They know how to do it. They socialize mobily. They can work mobily. And they just think differently than you and I do. They, 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 they're not. They're very comfortable performing tasks and and managing projects from anywhere. Um, so I think that's one of the, the considerations of businesses today is they have to understand what the uh, dynamics of their workforce are. Are they trying to hire younger folks? Do they want to maintain skilled labor? You know, who've been there a long time that are tenured. So they have to have an environment that a is able to be flexible enough to engage both types of uh, expectations. Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, uh, the, 
the world is definitely changing, and I don't. Uh, I, I'm glad I'm not starting out again. I think I'd be a dinosaur. But um, uh, but uh, the name of your book and uh, why you wrote it? It's wide open workspaces, trailblazing solutions for the workforce of tomorrow. And the reason why we wrote it is because we feel like the 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 workspace today is. Um, or the, the office market, you know, office space of today is much like the open range of the 19th century. There, it, there was uncharted territory. There was a significant opportunity um, to embrace that uh, territory and make something of it. And we feel like that's exactly what's going on in the workplace. There's a significant opportunity. It's 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 not um, clearly defined what's the right and the wrong of it, and there's opportunity for those that manage the workspace, which we call workspace cowboys, to go out there and be courageous, to be innovative and blaze new trails, um, to collaborate with other members of their team within the organization, their HR team members, their executive team, to come up with the right work environment to benefit their individual organization. So we, we wrote it because we, we feel like there is a great parallel between the open range of the past and the cowboy and that they had characteristics that the facility manager and those of the workspace can identify with. And maybe it's a path for them to, to say, uh, this is how I can tackle it. I can do it. We wanted to give examples of other customers have, who have done it because it, the whole workspace is, is transforming, and it's an opportunity for them to shine, and we wanted to, to demonstrate some of the folks that have already been successful at that. And the name of your website and how people can reach you? Um, it is I, well, there's two. There's wideopenworkspace.com, um, and then there is also iofficecorp.com, I-O-F-F-I-C-E. C-O-R-P dot com. So one is the book and one is the company. Either way, you can get to me. Well, I'd like you to come back uh, another time and, and talk more about the wide open spaces. Uh, I would uh, love to. Thank you. Well, the, the, the real thing, you know, uh, I love the imagery, and, and the imagery you, you've uh, kind of uh, outlined today is something I'd, I'd like to explore further. We have another guest uh, waiting to come on, um, but again, please, uh, Elizabeth, let's plan to get back together. Absolutely. Would love to. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our next guest is Alexandra Shapiro, Senior Director of Small Business Marketing at PayPal. Alexandra, are you on? I am. Can you hear me okay? You Terrifically. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Well, uh, Alexandra, we always ask our, uh, uh, our guests to say a little bit about themselves uh, for, first, personally, before we get into anything else, because our audience likes to know a little bit about uh, who they're listening to. So okay. tell us sure. a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm happy to. So I've been with PayPal for five years. I've focused on marketing to small businesses, and that means thinking of ways that I can make our customers' lives easier and helping them get paid, uh, get paid anywhere and in many ways. So that's kind of been my focus for the last five years. Um, but originally about me, I'm actually um, an immigrant to this country. I came from the Ukraine. 22 years ago, and I've been here for 22 years, done different things, uh, went to school, and, um, went, uh, and then worked in consulting, and later on I worked for a credit card company, and now I'm at PayPal. Uh, I also had my own small business, believe it or not, uh, a while ago. That was one of the things that many immigrants do when they, when they come to this country and they struggle, they can't figure it out. We definitely struggled. We had no money, and so we had our own small business. Uh, sold computers and software, and then later on sold it, and then got into corporate world, and and so now I'm back helping back other small businesses. So kind of completed the full circle, which feels very rewarding. Oh, 
you, you must be following the events in the Ukraine fairly closely. I am. I am. It's uh, it's sad what's happening. It's really sad, and yeah. I'm considered somewhat of an expert on that area, and uh, I've been on radio for the last uh, month at various radio stations, talking and television, talking about the Ukraine and what's happening. So uh, uh, I'm fairly some of my it's an old saw, but some of my um, best friends are, are Ukrainian, um, <laughs> uh, which is nice to uh, nice that you can, came on. Um, uh, now tell us why you're here. I know we invited you on, but so tell us why you're here. You have a new product, I think. We do. It's, we we have new, but we always have new products. I think the reason why I'm here is to is to just share some of the things that we do to help small businesses get paid and get paid anywhere on um, in stores, online, on the go. And if you look back and you look at comprehensively the entire suite of products that PayPal and eBay offers, we have been developing all kinds of new innovative technologies to break down barriers between buyers and sellers. So the product that you reference is called PayPal Here, and it is designed to get people paid on the go. So if you are a plumber, a contractor, a hairstylist, or you need to get paid on the go, this is a perfect solution for you. But in addition to allowing you to get paid on the go and accept all kinds of payments, we also now allow you to get paid in your retail store. So we're integrating with point-of-sale systems and offering you a full set of payment solutions for your business. Uh, let me back up a minute. Uh, I think the product uh, and the reason we invited you on this program is uh, it's, a, it's a, almost like an app that you can use your phone to uh, co collect the data and uh, move it almost instantaneously into your bank account. Am I right? Yep. It's a free mobile app and a card reader. It's a thumb-sized card reader. Plugs in right into your phone, and you can accept credit cards right there um, on your phone. And then the money goes into your PayPal account, usually in minutes. Um, so, yeah, that, that's it. Very simple way for you to get paid. Well, the, and the reason I invited you on the program, besides that you have a persistent PR person, is because um, uh, uh, it is because I thought uh, in our research, uh, you know, uh, we're Small Business Digest. <clears throat> that was one of the uh, uh, major things that our, uh, our uh, respondents talked about was a need for something that they could easily use to. Um, uh, collect uh, uh, card information on the run. Um, but the question I have and, uh, is how secure is that? Because you're moving it through the uh, ether and what's to prevent some, uh, uh, somebody from grabbing that information? I think the good news is PayPal is the leader in safety and security. So we use anti-end -anti encryption technology to help protect card information as you swipe it. And all of our transactions are backed by our world-class security, by our risk tools, by our fraud and management systems. So I actually think it's one of the nice things of dealing with a company like PayPal. You don't have to worry about security. We got it covered. You can worry about your business and running your business. We'll take care of fraud, security. We'll take care of payments. So you can run your business, and I think that's just like a nice benefit of working with a company like ours. Oh, you're a real company person, aren't you? You know, I'm. I'm so. I. I you know, I do this not just because um, you know they pay me to do my job, but because I really feel passionate that we we in we connect buyers and sellers. Um, I don't know how many times you, your business customers have mentioned that the customers want to pay them with a credit card and they don't have a credit card and so they miss a sale. And it's hard. Small business owners are drivers of the economy. And I think it's solutions like this, you know, very simple, easy to use, intuitive solutions that allow customers not to miss a sale and get paid. And it's just so fundamental to having a business 
and making it easier to have a business. Okay, Alexandra, I want you to stay. Can you stay on the line? I have two other people calling in, and I want to find out who they are and okay. bring them on board, okay? Okay, no problem. Have time to stay on? Sure. Okay. Well, I've just unmuted. Welcome to the show. Can you introduce yourself? Hello? I have a caller in from on a 415 number and a caller in from a 914 number. Can you say who you are? I, I just think, oh, he just hung up. Um, <laughs> okay. See that? Uh, uh, four, uh, someone's calling from 415. I, oh, well, I'll just mute him and we'll go on because you're such an entertaining guest. I love it. <laughs> when they hang up, maybe it's not a good sign, but I'm not going to take it personally. <laughs> uh, oh, no, if anything, it, it's... Um, it's probably me that's, uh, you know, my dulcet tones. But uh, um, hold on. So. Uh, I just unmuted for the 415 number. Who's caught on the line? Okay. Well, we'll just, uh, we'll just mute him again, and okay. we, we will continue on the, with this program. Uh, it, it's very informal. Uh, where are you located, uh, Alexandra? Uh, we are located in San Jose, Silicon Valley, San Francisco. Ah. Yeah. Right. So now, uh, tell us a little bit more. You've been so enthusiastic about PayPal, you're almost selling me. <laughs> well, um, is, is there a specific question, or? I have, well, I, I guess my specific. How did uh, how did you come up with, with this idea? Because it's obviously one that's needed, but sometimes people don't realize. How did this come about that you came up with this application? I I think it goes back to trying to understand what do our customers want and what do they need. Um, and when we look at the commerce. Historically, PayPal has really focused on small business customer space. That's been our pride. That's our roots. You know, we started with um, allowing people to send money, and then moved on to eBay. And and working with small businesses has really been our foundation. And as we were looking on what else can we do to meet the needs of their customers. This clearly was an obvious opportunity. Just like you've done your research, we've done our research, and people were telling us that they are looking for ways to get paid. They, they're looking for, they don't want to miss a sale, they want to accept credit cards, but they don't want to have challenging application processes. They don't want to open a merchant account or lengthy contracts or have complicated you know, long-term commitments. So they really were looking for something simple that will allow them to get paid on the go. And that's where the product idea came in. It's listening to our customers and understanding their needs. Um, I think we enable a lot of dreams to come true. We deliver technologies that just makes it easy for you to get up and running and start your business. And this is one of the products that just fits nicely with our mission and with our values that we historically delivered. So was a pretty natural evolution of our uh, product suite. Well, um, if a small business uh, owner wants to get get this product, how do they go about getting it? You go to paypal.com/here. And that's it. That's another thing that's so nice. Or you can go to the App Store, just download our app. Uh, PayPal here is the is the name of the app. That's another thing that's so great is yeah. you can. This radio, say it more clearly. PayPal.com/here. H-E-R-E. PayPal here. Okay, I would have spelled it H-E-A-R. H-E-R-E. Yeah. Okay. See, I got you another plug. Thank you. Appreciate it. What I was going to say is 
like if you download the app, you can start accepting payments in minutes, like right away. Uh, and that's another very nice thing. You can just use the app to start getting paid. And that's a great example of how we really think through what can we do to make it so easy for you to get up and running, to get started, to start using our technology. We create very intuitive solutions. Um, so yeah, just go paypal.com slash here, download the app, and you're up and running. It's that simple. What other, what other products do you have in the hopper for our small business up, uh, listeners? I think, you know, what's another, of course, our core set of products that you would use PayPal is PayPal payments. And today in the United States, if you have an online business, most likely you use PayPal or you should. 60% uh, of all online businesses use PayPal to get paid online. Um, and so that is our, uh, uh, this has really been our core product. That's how we started. It's, it's a great, again, very easy to get started. You follow a series of steps on our website and you add a payment button to your site in minutes. Just copy and paste some HTML code. Just makes it so easy for you to get paid. Or if you have a shopping cart, we're integrated with a shop, pretty much every shopping cart in the US. So if you think about our solutions, either on eBay or off eBay or in your store, uh, we allow you to get paid. So if you're looking for a way to get paid, send an invoice, get paid on store, on your site. If you come to paypal.com, we will find the solution for you. Okay, and if they wanted to uh, reach you directly, could they do that? They can. PayPal.com probably will be faster since it's 24-7 customer support, and I'm probably less than that. But they could. I would go to PayPal.com, though, to get real help faster. Okay, but sometimes our audience likes to go to the source when they hear somebody. So do you have an email address? Sure. It's A L Shapiro at paypal.com, A-L-S-H-A-P-I-R-O at paypal.com. So it's my first initials and last name. Oh, okay. Alexandra, thank you for a really informative uh, uh, and I, I find interesting uh, visit. I hope you'll come again sometime. I'd love to. All right. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for, for coming on. Really look right. forward to Yes, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Our next guest uh, have, have something very unusual. Um, I, uh, I learned just recently that uh, almost half of all marriages last year occurred be uh, because they were introduced on some sort of uh, dating website. Uh, it surprised the heck out of me. Um, Jennifer and Jason Connery, have, a, have a, an unusual one. It's called Secret RSVP. And when I saw it coming across my desk, I had to have them on the program. Welcome to the show, Jennifer and Jason. Thank you, Don. Thanks, Don. Thanks for having us. Well, um, uh, our program is about small business. But uh, at first, and we always ask our guests a little bit about themselves first, before we get into anything else. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. Obviously, I think you're married, so uh, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yes, we are happily married uh, for almost 15 years, right? Yes, Yeah. 15, wow. Yeah, yeah it's gone, <laughs> it's actually gone for that. Sorry? Have you ever noticed the husband always has to check with the wife about how many years it was? <laughs> That's right, he I, wants to make sure his math is correct. I guess, I guess you could say I'm well trained, Don. <laughs> we all are. Trust yeah. me, we all are. Um, so I guess you want me to just talk about my background and you know where how we met? How we met? Well, why not? This is this is an informal okay. program. Tell us a little bit more. Well, Most couples uh, have interesting stories. Yes. Well, yeah, well, I guess we do have an interesting story, too. Um, we actually met, well, maybe you can talk well, about this. Well, Jason and I met online when he was in Calgary, uh, Alberta, Canada, and I was living in Singapore at that time. 
So if you're familiar with where that is, that's actually in Southeast Asia, and it's halfway around the world. Um, so we met online um, 15 years ago. And actually, no, longer than that, 15-ish years ago, well, probably about like 17 years ago. And, uh, and since then, so, you know, we, we chatted for about eight months full-time yeah. because of the different time zones. So we pretty much were chatting online, you know, day and night. Um, and then when we actually got to meet in person, uh, I was I, I came over to Canada to do my masters, and um, and so I thought, you know, I would choose a place that was close enough in case things worked out, but far enough if it didn't. And uh, so I was about two hours drive away uh, in a city called Edmonton, and uh, and then it worked out. So I thought, you know what, we actually ended up getting married, and it's been 15 years now. Okay. So now tell us about your uh, the secret RSVP. How did you come up with it, and what does it do? Well, actually, the concept. Um, I, I we ended up going overseas to work um, back in uh, 2008, and uh, we were working over there for about three years, and we ended up actually going through some tough times. And we both uh, got laid laid off from our jobs, and uh, I just remember. Um, just at the time, I think we were staying at our, my mother-in-law's place, and we were preparing to go back to Canada. And uh, I, I just was sitting on the train. It was a crowded train. Obviously, Singapore is a real uh, heavily populated country, and uh, we were sitting on a really, really crowded train. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, we're so close to everybody in proximity, yet there's such a hard, like, it, we find it hard to really connect with people and, and trying to meet somebody. So it just kind of was the concept was, I was starting to think, like, the idea through that, you know, what if we could kind of, if there was an easier way to kind of bring people together and, and start developing and see if there's chemistry between people. So I hopped off the train and started talking to my wife about it, you know, the, the, the basic concept of it and how if you could just kind of, if I could, you know, send you an invite and then you could send an invite to someone else. And that's kind of where the idea went from there. And obviously we spent two years developing the idea and perfecting it and then another year or so developing the website and the whole concept. And uh, here we are. Well, what is the concept? Well, Secret RSVP is really a social meetup website where people can invite people out secretly to a fun group event. And so because it's all in secret, when you go to the event, nobody really knows who invited whom. So, you know, it takes the pressure off meeting new people. And, um, and if there's chemistry with somebody, you can actually go back to the website after the event and you can you know, choose to share your email with that person. And if both people feel the same way, then emails are shared. But if, you know, there's no online, sorry, if there's no chemistry after the event, they can just walk away because nobody knows who invited them anyways. Well, but somebody has to set up the event. Who sets up the event? Oh, we actually do that. So what happens, Don, is we'll basically post an event and what happens is it's it's an open event on the site. So let's say you were in, you join the site, you can come in, and if you have people in your guest list, you could just go in and click on register and add guests, and then you go through the form, uh, book your seat, and then you can send out your invites to the people in your guest list. And then what happens is the 24-hour clock starts, and then these people will all get invitations as well. So if I send an invite to you, you would have a clock running. You could go in, make a decision whether you want to go to this event or not. Someone has secretly invited you out. And then basically the first one out of the guests that, that uh, confirms it, then basically the chain continues. And then that person can also send their guests invitations as, as well until the event fills up. And then everyone goes out and everyone's kind of connected in some way, but no one knows how. <laughs> well, let me ask you, uh, all right, uh, uh, I guess it's a paying event. Uh, let's say it's a, a bowling, a night of bowling. Yes. So uh, I go there and I pay I pay you you a fee, let's say ten dollars to to go attend the event. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear? That's me? right. I mean, sorry, Don. Go ahead. No, no, no. You, the floor is you, the guest, the, the speaker. Yes. So basically, what happens is when you register your profile, it's free, so you don't actually pay any membership fees. But let's say if you see an open event that you'd like to go to, and it's a bowling event, so you would pay for the bowling event as well as an administrative fee. And uh, usually, what we do is the events range between ten to twenty, sorry, twenty to thirty dollars, um, excluding taxes. At the end of the day, so you just pay for the events that you go to. Yeah. 
And, and uh, how many cities are you in now? Uh, right now, well, we just uh, we kind of beta launched in Calgary, and we just had a, an event here a week, a week week or so ago, and it went really well. We're also in. Uh, we started uh, opening up registrations for Vancouver, Toronto, um, uh, Los Angeles, um, New York, uh, Chicago, and where else? Toronto. In Toronto, we also we're also building memberships in UK, which has been really well really accepted, well, yeah. and uh, and Singapore and Sydney, Australia as well. Oh, um, do you yeah. manage them, or do you do you have uh, people in each of those cities, or you just do everything remotely? So right now, what we do is we actually collect members, and so once we have enough members registered, then we will start to post events. And what we want to try to do is to get um, hosts that are located in the location itself. So it's a lot easier when the person is actually based in the city. And so what we do is hosts tend to be singles themselves. And because they're singles, they actually want to go to events. And so because they don't have to sit around and wait to be invited to the event, they actually get to go to the event and host it at the same time. So that's how we do that. Boy, if you're single, what a great way to meet uh, someone. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish this was out like 20 years ago. You know. Excuse me. Well, well, I mean, it worked out good for me, Don. But you know, yeah, if I was back in my my 20s, careful, it was pretty hard. Please. <laughs> <make careful>. <laughs> well, do you have? Is it primarily for young people? No, no, actually. No, it's interesting because um, so far we have a lot of. You know, really shyness and awkwardness in meeting new people, you know, really spans all ages. I mean, everybody feels shy about meeting people for the first time, and especially if it's strangers kind of thing. So, so it's interesting. We actually have a full range of ages um, from the younger generation to the older generation. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, as you know, there's singles in every age group. And it's interesting that we actually, you know, this concept actually appeals to a lot of people in different age ranges. Well, yeah. Oh, the the woman who introduced my wife and myself many years ago is is a uh, is a widow, and uh, oh. you know uh, uh, she's probably one of the greatest. Um, uh, how do you say um, uh, uh, person who can meet people that I I know of, but she, but she can't uh, she can't seem to meet someone uh, you know that would interest her. And uh, that's why I asked the question about that. Uh, yes. but, but as I said, when we <clears throat> opened this discussion, I was surprised how many people um, uh, are getting married. In fact, May 15th, we're getting, going to a wedding of two people who met on uh, Match.com. Uh, yes. and I, yes. I don't know if you read the story this week, but it turns out that the founder of Match.com founded it with his girlfriend, but they broke up, and she married somebody that she met on Match. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say there's there are so many fishes in the sea, and and the internet is really a way to meet people. But the problem with the internet and online dating is that you get to see a lot, you get to meet a lot of people online, and you don't really get to understand what they're like in person. And that's why we try and focus more on people, getting people to go out and meet in person. Because based on our experience, in chemi in-person chemistry doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be chemistry offline. So you don't actually know that until you actually meet people. So face-to-face, -face, so you know. That's yeah, so like, I mean, a lot of dating sites, they talk about, you know, algorithms and stuff like that. But I always like to say, you know, we all got the best human algorithm of all, and that's between our ears right now. And... I mean, the thing is, when you meet someone in person, there's so many things going on and processing that you couldn't possibly get those things from an online website. When you meet a person, you know, right away you're just thinking, okay, do I click with this person or not? Is there chemistry? And that's where we think is really the, the key there, and that's really the key goal. Uh, let's go back just uh, briefly. What kind of events uh, uh, have you done in Calgary that, uh, that, that attracted people? And, and how do people get to know about your site? Well, uh, well, right now, Don, we're doing uh, online marketing, and uh, we're just kind of working on that right now, and a lot of search engine marketing, and 
uh, using some Google AdWords, banners, that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of it's word of mouth. We're on some social network sites, and that's been actually working really well and just people talking about it. And it's actually, surprisingly, we weren't doing much, and, and we've seen a lot of growth. And just every day we got trickles of people coming in. So it's, it's interesting how that's worked. Yeah. But how do you make your money? I'm sorry? No, you first, Jennifer. What, what were you about to oh. say? All right. Oh, yeah, you asked about the types of events. So we, we do, um, our events range from, you know, could be bowling to outdoor recreational events, indoor recreational events, sporting events, um, even uh, volunteer events uh, where people can just go out and volunteer. And the focus is really on doing activities that take the, that distract people away from the awkwardness of meeting in person. And we try and steer away right now from awkward dinners. Um, because we find that when you seat people around the table, they have to look at each other and talk, you know, and, and find conversation topics to, to, to talk about. So what we try and do is, is we take the, we put the focus on the event itself and do, we do a full range of types of events, people that people would, that will appeal to different groups of people. Well, uh, what's the name of your site? SecretRSVP.com? No, actually, yeah, it's actually srsvp.com. So it's interesting. We actually got a five-letter uh, domain, which is really hard to get, but it just clicked. <laughs> so, Say it again. So Say it www.srsvp.com, which stands for secretrsvp.com. That's quite clever. I but I'd almost have secret RSVP auto-referred to it, but that's that's me. Um, uh, because I think you're going to be very uh, very popular. Um, oh, thank uh, you. Uh, uh, no, are, you I, are you joining the website, Don? <laughs> I, I'm a happily married man. Oh, he's, uh, he's married. Uh, uh, my wife saved me from, from middle-aged crazies. Uh, I met her... <laughs> Uh, and uh, I've, I've been happily married. Well, actually, I've known her for almost 30 years and been married for five. So I mean, that's because I'm a single lover. People ask me, why do you think so? Uh, but that, that's another time. But uh, yeah. but what I, I do want to do is, uh, I, I would, if you have an event in New York, we'll, uh, we're stationed here in New Jersey, I would love to come to it because uh, I just think... Um, uh, I, I just think you have a great idea, and uh, um, I, uh, I, I think you're going to be very successful. Like I say, I was shocked to learn that almost half of all marriages last year occurred from uh, online dating services. That's yeah. Good. Yep, it is. It is yeah. becoming very popular, and it has been popular for a while too. Um, but you know, we're slowly seeing the shift from online, pure online dating, to online to offline interactions where we're focused in. And yes, we will definitely send you an invitation when we do our first event in New York City. <laughs> Please do. When you're and, and I want to invite you back to come uh, later on in the year to see how you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, we will. Thanks, yeah. Don. Thank you, Don. It's been a really uh, in, enjoyable uh, uh, time, and I hope, uh, I hope our audience enjoyed it all as much as I did. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Take Bye. care, Don. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our next guest is Dave Kurash, Vice President and General Manager of Small Business Payments Company. Are you on, Dave? I am. Good, uh, good evening. How are you? Welcome. It, thank you. It's going to be kind of tough following the, uh, uh, our last guest because uh, they were talking romance and you're talking finance. Uh, well, I, I guess it depends on how early in the day it is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Dave, we always ask uh, our, our guests first to say a little bit about themselves personally. I know you've had a very interesting career, but just tell us a little bit about yourself before we do anything else. All right, I'll be happy to. Uh, well, first, thanks for having me on. Uh, my background is uh, entirely in uh, cash management, treasury management, and payments. 
Um, I started out as a, a corporate treasury official for a, what was then a Fortune 50 company back in the 1970s. And uh, after several years of doing that, I joined Wells Fargo Bank and uh, ended up in one at first in their sales organization. Then I eventually moved over into their payments, compliance, and strategy area. So uh, my specialty for the last 25 years has been payment services, working capital solutions for uh, businesses large and small. And um, about 15 years ago, I left Wells Fargo and started my own practice um, in sort of the cash management, contracting, consulting business for banks and corporations and governments. Um, and through that process, I became affiliated with um, a company named Interact Association, which is the uh, premier pin debit organization in Canada, and their sister company, Access, which is their payments providing company. Uh, they, for instance, Access uh, delivers the peer-to-peer uh, mobile payment solution in Canada. Uh, and that company, the CEO of that company is a uh, longtime friend of mine, and he asked if I could help start a business that was focused on small businesses, uh, first in the United States, and then at a later date we'll take the business to Canada. So that's how I came to the Small Business Payments Company. Okay, and what does a small business payment company do? So we're a business, uh, a web-based business, that provides a variety of working capital, meaning that cash cycle of cash to inventory to receivables to payables to payroll, all of those short-term events, both on the left and the right-hand side of the balance sheet, both you know, short-term assets, short-term liability controls, uh, in an effort to try to improve the financial success of small businesses. So generally, a lot of these services that we provide through our product are available to large companies, but they're uh, difficult for small businesses to locate because they tend to be piecemeal. Some banks offer some solutions, um, but generally uh, small businesses are looking to cobble the gather services from different vendors. And what we've tried to do is bring them all together into one offering that a company, whether they were a professional services firm or a retailer or manufacturer or wholesaler, can find the working capital solutions they need all in one place. So it starts with a cash forecasting tool. Everybody needs to forecast their cash. We tried to build a very simple, easy-to-use forecasting tool for small businesses. And then attached to that forecast that automates the forecasting function is a variety of tools that help a company manage their inventory, for instance, or manage their receivables, or manage their payables, or manage their payrolls, uh, and so on. Um, so we uh, expect to have a large number of apps, not unlike you know, going to the iTunes store and finding the, the, the applications that you like for your iPhone. But in this case, it would be small businesses looking for tools that would allow them to manage the processes in their working capital cycle that are most important to them. So that's the business we're in. And you can find us at uh, sbworkbench.com. As a matter of fact, uh, we did some research. Uh, uh, we did some research recently, and your name popped up. It's one of the reasons why we, uh, as one of the, uh, uh, one of the better-known uh, uh, services, and that's why we invited you on the program. Um, well, that's good news. Thanks. Uh, yes, uh, we do a lot of research in, in the small business area, and we're generally trying to find out what small businesses need and who are the best providers for it. Uh, so well, we're, we're glad to be in that category. You know, we, we find, you know, the, the, the research in the industry, you know, sort of shows that small businesses really, a lot of them, struggle in their early years with working capital management. They, they borrow too much money or they, they purchase too much inventory or they don't collect their receivables quickly enough, and at some point they end up having a cash crisis. Um, and the statistics indicate that somewhere between 30 and 40 percent of small businesses fail for a working capital crisis in the first three or four years of their existence. So that's the problem we're trying to solve, is we're trying to make working capital somewhat more top of mind 
for the small business owner uh, and staff, as well as just making the process simpler and more at their fingertips so that the, the crises don't occur. We can, bring, we can alert them to their cash problems in advance of them coming and then offer them suggestions about how to solve those problems in real time. Well, how, how, how can you determine that? Do you manage their, their cash flow? I mean, you, how did they do? Did they turn over? How do they do? I'll leave it at that. So the starting point is the cash forecast. So a business would start by um, using a set of tools. Uh, we have a wizard, and you'd start by scanning in a couple of bank statements, and from the bank statements you can then identify those items that belong in your forecast. So, for instance, if your bank statement says a $5,000 check went out on the first day of the month, the forecast would say, what is this? And you'd say, well, that's my rent payment. And the forecast would say, is, does this happen every day, on the, every month on the first day of the month? And you'd say yes. And that entry goes into the forecast for every month going forward. And you do that with all the entries, uh, insurance, taxes, payroll, um, auto leases, whatever it may be, supplies, inventory. We go through that process and populate the cash forecast. And then we ask, how do you run your business? Um, and generally we're asking, do you, uh, you know, what, what's your minimum amount of cash that you want in your bank account? And you might say $5,000. And then the forecast will tell you with alerts that say, we can see based on everything you've told us that three weeks from now, as an example, you, may, you, you look like you're going to have a cash shortfall on payday three weeks from now. And then the forecast would provide some solutions to that. You should um, draw down your line of credit, or you have too much inventory, why don't you dispose of some? Or you have some receivables that are uncollected, why don't you try to accelerate them? And we show them how to do it in the tools that we offer that end up then solving that problem three weeks from now. Wow, wow that sounds exciting. <laughs> I wish we started... Uh, 14 years ago. I wish I had it then. Uh, <laughs> well, um, uh, it, it's, uh, it's now available. It's live, and, and uh, um, we're working through right now, uh, working with distributors to make it available to their customers and then making it available to small businesses who want to sign up directly. How do you charge for it? Um, well, we, we charge an annual fee for the, work for the forecast in its manual native form of just a few dollars a year for that. But then the, each application is something that someone would pay, you know, a transaction fee. depends on what it is. It could be a monthly subscription fee or a transaction fee. We try to make those services available for anywhere from about $4 to $15 a month, depending on the application, believing that small businesses can afford a bundle of services that might add up to $40, $45 a month. That's kind of our target. Now, some people will have fees much less than that each month, and others may have double that, depending on their appetite for services and how large they may be. But our sweet spot, we believe, is a company will probably want to buy somewhere between $20 and $40 worth of services a month. Wow. You know, uh, uh that seems to be the model that's, that's coming out. Subscription service, a little bit a month, is better than one big fee in the beginning. Uh, well, I, I think it's, it's the fairest way to do it, right? You know, if I charged you $1,000 up front and then you underutilized it, you, you felt like you didn't have a, a, a value proposition. But if I, pay, if I charge you while you're using it, uh, and you continue to use it because you see value, then it's a fair proposition. But as long, you know, if you find you're not getting value from it, and then you can stop, then the subscription service fees uh, end, and you you don't feel like you got treated unfairly. Um, do you then, if if someone is in a cash short, do you then have the capability of providing like a, 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 a service that? take up their receivables or something like that? Yes, we have a, we have a tool, for instance, um, 
let's say you were using the product and you wanted to invoice um, your customer $100, the tool would allow you to send an electronic invoice to your customer that says you owe me $100, and the forecast would automatically be updated based on your standard term. So let's say your terms are 30 days. So the forecast would show an, expect, an expected receipt of cash for, of $100 30 days out. But then if your customer used the hyperlink in the invoice that we present that allows them to pay with a credit card or an electronic ACH debit, uh, and they decide to pay on day 20, then we capture that information and move the forecast to day 20 and move the cash forward from the day 30. So that's a tool that's available in the product today and works that way. So it offers an electronic invoice and electronic payment services. Does it also uh, update if it's not paid in 30 days and send out a I'm sorry, I said it again? Uh, the, uh, if, it, if the customer doesn't pay in uh, 30 days, do you, does it automatically send a, uh, another notice? Yes, it sends you a notice that says your customer has lapsed in this payment and it offers some suggestions about how to fix that. Uh, it's but if you're going to send a second invoice, because it's now month two, the invoice will now show the first $100 and the second $100, and now they owe you $200. Well, uh, that to me would be a valuable tool because uh, we, we sometimes uh, forget to, uh, we as a small business sometimes forget to uh, uh, keep these things online, uh, particularly if we're, how small a business uh, would, would utilize your service? Well, we like to think that based on the very affordable price for the cash forecast, any small business can use the forecasting platform because it's, it's so low priced. But the apps begin to have some price sensitivity to them, although we don't think it's terribly expensive. But, uh, you know, we, we think our sweet, sweet spot of customers that we can best help are companies with, oh, maybe $150,000 of annual revenue up to maybe $5 million of revenue. Now, I think we can serve people on either side of that, that's, but that's probably our, the sweet spot that we can best service, uh, which, which happens to be not, not terribly different than the QuickBooks sweet spot. Right. No, and that, my next question, it almost seems as if you could uh, utilize well, utilize this in, in place of your QuickBooks, um, uh, which well, is, is similar type services. Yeah, our goal isn't to replace your use of your accounting system. So QuickBooks is typically a company's uh, um, you know, record-keeping system that looks backwards, that keeps track of what actually happened in your books, and it's a very valuable tool. Um, but our product is really one that's looking forward. And QuickBooks does do some budgeting, but it doesn't really do the kind of detailed forecasting that we do. So we think the two products are companions. And we've actually built our product so that it speaks through the API messaging systems to QuickBooks so that it, files can be exchanged back and forth between the two products. Well, I think you have an exciting product. And, uh, uh, I'd like you to come back and talk more about it. Uh, I'd be happy to. Uh, whenever you whenever you think the time is right, uh, please let us know. We'll be happy to come back. Well, uh, remind your uh, PR rep. Uh, because I will. I'll remember. Uh, I'll, I'll tell Liam, and he'll he'll know to give you a call maybe in six months or so. You got it. Uh, I have to also tell you, the persistence pays off. <laughs> I bet it does. Uh, anyway, uh, really, uh, again, your website. SBWorkbench.com. Small okay. SB small business. SBWorkbench.com. Well, uh, thank uh, thank you for, for coming on, Dave, and good luck. I, I think well, thank you so much for having me, and uh, good luck to you. And uh, thank you for your listeners uh, for joining in today. Have a good day. You too. Thanks a lot. Good night. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening. 
and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net. We would also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, Small Business Digest comes to you via the web, through our video channel, and in our magazine. You can subscribe for any or all of these by going to smallbusinessdigest.net. That's smallbusinessdigest.net. Thank you, and have a good day.